Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic today is enabling curiosity at scale. What do I mean by that? So think about the fast-paced world that we are living today. And, you know, we could be present there, but that doesn't cut it. So we have to truly be relevant. And which means we have to innovate. We have to think beyond the obvious. We have to dig deeper, which means it will require people in our organizations to become more curious. Now, what we have also seen and I'm sure listeners would agree that there are a few people who are curious more than others, but many of us, we go in terms of very shallow in terms of our curiosity. We would say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. I found the answer. I stop. I don't keep digging. I don't, you know, do a deep dive, uh, you know, deep sea diving of sorts so that we can find the pearls. So first step, how do we go about building these deep sea divers? who are curious, curious, and also second, how do we do this at scale so that all our employees in their own context and in all sets of responsibility do this deep sea diving and bring the cumulative effect of all of this in terms of the value, the innovation, the, the newness, what we all seek for our relevance in today's world. So that said, I have with me Kalpesh Doshi, Group CISO, CISO, HDFC Life. Hey, Kalpesh, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Anju. Hey, welcome uh, on the show. So, you know, as I've said, the expectation in terms of what we are talking about here. So we know that the business models in the last few years changed. So did the customer expectations and even the macro trends. Some got disrupted, others evolved and they are rather evolving even today very rapidly. So if we had to think about curiosity, if I keep that topic aside for a second, we have to first understand what on earth just happened to us and unravel the complexities that came with it and build the muscle to adapt. What? So, so, so how well are we doing in that regard? I, I guess, Sanjog, if you really ask me, how are we dealing with it? And I do believe we're doing good with it. A classic example of this would be COVID times. Uh, every organization um, you know, had to really revisit, had to really uh, completely revamp the way of their working. Because work from home, even in earlier days, would only mean a very small section of your workforce who had that... Uh, uh, I would say the benefit overnight. You had to turn it around where 100% of your workforce had to work from their homes. So we have seen that uh, there are challenges and will continue to be challenged. Uh, but as humans, uh, we do find out ways and we do find out innovative ways on how we can continue. So I believe uh, the at the core is resilience and we are resilient. Right, every living being has an inbuilt quality of resilience. So as long as we have that quality, 
we are going to find out ways and means on how we're going to survive uh, and that survival could be uh, with regards to our individual their families their business you know and so on and so forth so yes uh, we have seen this and if you ever have a doubt uh, i'm sure uh, prior to covid you know people would have found it difficult to correlate but covid has been one such instance uh, where i'm very very sure uh, it has impacted everyone each of us uh, some way or other few it would have impacted them more few a little less but there's an impact and uh, how have we dealt with that at a personal level at a work level again you know kind of signifies that as humans uh, we have it in us to find out ways and means to deal with the change very very good response and you are connecting the dots between what the human resiliency which we are kind of born with right you you use that to build an organizational resilience yes. would you say it is an automatic transfer of that resiliency into the organizational context or there are some in between constructs frameworks management governance change management required for that adaptation or adaptability to be created at an organizational level i would again put it this way uh, it would not be natural for few it may be natural but many organizations organizations today are nothing but culmination of people with varied thoughts uh, varied ideologies and you know a uh, different kind of brains you know which come together so from that perspective uh, curiosity at a workplace uh need not be natural for everyone and hence uh, where uh, you believe that the culture is such that it doesn't come naturally uh people and the leaders will have to invest will have to really think over it and figure out ways and means by which uh, you would encourage curiosity at your workplace where you create a culture where uh, people are allowed to make mistakes Well, because if you really ask what is curiosity it's about being trying right uh, if you look at every great invention right it is not something that uh, they were able to crack it on the first try they failed n number of times but every time they failed they kept on asking that what is it that i can do different right curiosity i see it is just that fertile thought right a right brother had a thought that if birds can fly why can't we right uh, he had a very different idea of how we could fly uh, but yes nevertheless he had planted right a very fertile seed in minds of many right uh, he would have tried wearing wings and trying to fly may not have worked he did work out with certain models may not have worked but eventually you know when the idea started gaining uh, i would say when people started relating right we saw innovations you know happened and we saw how world changed right so that's why you know sanjog how i look at it it's more about uh, encouraging that that idea right it's encouraging a mind you know which is not stopped to challenge it's not stopped to question because humans are predominantly conditioned and there are a lot of societal conditions as kids we were always uh, told do not ask many questions uh, in schools uh, if you are one of the curious uh, 
Good. Uh, you're always said, uh, hey, you ask too many questions and you would be silenced, right? So there is already a lot of unconscious bias that we have as humans. When somebody shows a trait of curiosity, and to that extent, I believe organizations will also have to adapt to see how they're going to encourage a, you know, curiosity at the workplace. It's it's easier said than done, right? Because nobody likes to be challenged. Nobody likes to be asked a question. And uh, if organizations, you know, believe that people have to do what they have been told to do, take orders in a way, uh, those organizations are going to find it a challenge and they have to really find out a way and they have to carve out a way on how they can encourage curiosity at work, please. So the way you responded, it looks like that while on the surface, one could say, oh, these people, the ones which we have in our organization, they are very complacent. If you ask them to do something, they would only do whatever is needed. If you ask them to go and find answer to a question, they will just take that one question and just find whatever they can and be done with it. But what, if I understand you correctly, you are saying we have to look at ourselves as management, as leadership, and as a society for us to justify or rather explain why a human is doing this at the workplace where they are just simply complacent. I agree. I completely agree here. Again, complacency, you know, can there are a lot of factors that can be attributed to complacency, right? Uh, you can also attribute complacency to a kind of a conditioning that an individual has been, right? Uh, assume that, uh, you know, the person was curious to start with, but, uh, you know, they were reprimanded every time they showed the treat. And it I've seen, uh, Sanjog, I've seen, uh, you know, in my experience, that uh, you feel, you find people to be very timid. You find them to be, you know, somebody who are who always keep to themselves, right? Who don't open up, you know, when you are in group discussions or they keep their thoughts to themselves, right? Uh, and it takes efforts to, you know, for them to open up, right? So a uh, complacency, again, you know, I wish, you know, there was one single bullet or silver bullet, you know, through which you could have addressed all human uh, behavioral aspects. We know it doesn't work that way. So, you know, this is a complex uh, no kind of a world, but you'll have to figure it out. But most important is when you talk about curiosity, right? It need not be something that everybody has to do it, right? When you inculcate a culture and go back to, you know, various examples, uh, curiosity is nothing but somebody sees a brighter idea, right? And when a team comes together after that, right? And if you kind of, you know, encourage teams to perform, right? Uh, you know, when you start uh, laying importance on teamwork than individual contributions, right? Uh, you'd rather see that there will be an environment where, yes, uh, somebody may come with a brilliant idea, but uh, ideas, you know, to be converted into some actionables, you know, or, you know, to you, how do you convert ideas into something which is meaningful and that could be, that could benefit, you know, a greater good of uh, you know of all other human beings. I think that's where you'll need people who are good at execution. It could be somebody who converts an idea into a program, somebody who develops that idea into a product, somebody who you know develops that idea into a detailed proof of concept that can later lead to an innovation and product. Right. So it's not that you had an idea and you would have a success the very next day. 
it's a journey and i do believe uh like it's if you all follow a game of cricket right uh, everybody cannot be a batsman right uh, everybody has a role you would see some people are very good uh, you know as a batsman there are some bowlers there are some specialized you know who would do wicket keeping there will be specialists you know who would also be good at batting or bowling and are good at fielding right uh, it would be a collective effort end of the day a team that does great you know or you know that works uh, or that harmonizes the synergies of that you know all the members are the ones who would have greater success so that's the way i look at it so question for you <clears throat> when you have an idea that could make people curious to figure out how to make it work yes but then there could also be a, a raw form of curiosity which could lead to ideas because a lot of people take pride in taking an idea and moving it to you know a real life product or solution or capability but a lot of companies struggle with innovation which essentially is that people are not looking at anything which seems to be very obvious but start asking why and and go through those different nooks and corners to figure out what's going on which could then be the basis of the ideas that could come about how much of either uh is happening in organization do you allow people to literally say okay this is not just you have to i give you an order or i give you an idea and you go for that but you make people curious inherently so that they become the source of ideas which could then lead to greater better capabilities and innovations i do believe uh, it would be a mix and match of both right and it would differ for uh, individual to an individual because uh, you know curiosity is not something you know which is a binary thing right uh, and sanjeev you did say that you know uh, people who are not curious right uh, would be uh, disengaged right would be uninterested and uh, people who know who are overly curious you know they become nosy right so how do you manage it right so that is where organizations will have to work to ensure that uh, yes uh, you encourage ideas right but i have also seen that uh, at times there is a rush for idea right and that makes it uh, you know the overall space quite uh, crazy right uh, i think classic example is uh, let's say everybody has seen how mobiles have evolved right uh, when you know we had keypad as one of the primary input mechanisms in uh, all the phones right uh, we also saw that uh, you know people came out with all brilliant ideas assuming that uh, you could, you would never have a mobile without a keypad keypad was considered as uh, something which is de facto right and you kept innovating only around that right so there is also concept of you know i think moonlighting right so we always say that we go for the best idea and the second best third best fourth best nobody cares about it so we know who was the first person to land in the moon but second third fourth fifth, nobody cares about it so it's also that concept right like which are the ideas that you have to cultivate and organizations that are good at identifying ideas you know that are worthy enough of being cultivated and then encouraging them to kind of you know take forward that idea you know it's like a seed right you nurture that idea you nurture that thought you enable them you know with uh, good mentors 
you enable them with good brainstorming and you see really you know how it evolves i think idea on itself seldom you know creates an outcome right and if it is has to do that it takes a lot of time uh, the beauty of organization today is uh, that there are a lot of tools a lot of processes that encourages collaboration that encourages people to come together diverse people to come together and i do believe that if this uh, curiosity as a skill or as a trait is put to good use we would see the pace of innovation will improve significantly so that's my take on this so while you spoke about building a culture of curiosity which itself uh requires you know some more time a longer runway small little things and large changes both small and large changes to be brought about for that culture to you know gain ground and and then everyone generally starts becoming more curious than usual but while that is work in progress we still have some people who are curious not to the point where you said you know they become uh counterproductive but if people are healthily curious while you are in the process of building a culture how could that passion that zeal be channelized so that it sparks curiosities in the others who are in the organization i think uh, since that's a brilliant question right and i'm sure uh, a lot of leaders today are trying to figure out on how do we tap the potentials right because you never know you know where the next brilliant idea is setting i'll give you an example of you know the mobiles right uh, are we saying that in those days uh, nobody would have come out and said hey guys why have a keypad why not think of a mobile without a keypad the answer is yes somebody would have really come out uh, even then but that idea was obviously uh, not taken seriously for various reasons right so i do believe uh, there is no easy answer to this right because humans would always uh, be taking certain calls right based on certain rational you know as they deem it appropriate at that time but organizations uh, you know what really happens is uh, i've seen one thing uh, when organizations are really small or you know when they follow a startup culture uh, they are very open to ideas uh they are very agile they're very flexible and they're very adaptable to the marketplace uh, to you know bring about innovations but as organizations grow in size right or as they you know establish a significant share in the market uh that's where uh, you know i wouldn't call complacency but that's where the inertia sets in right and that's where you know you'd see that people then starts uh, building uh, kind of those blocks that this is exactly how we have to operate and we start limiting on how ideas can evolve right and that's again one factor where you know it could sense a downfall because movement right uh, you kind of block you know you put yourself in blocks that this is exactly how we are going to innovate and nothing beyond that uh, you're just stopping or you just uh, you're just killing a trait or you're clinging a trend that made you successful in first place and then you know that it's uh, it's southwards from now right so organizations will have to be on a constant lookout uh to help people think out of box uh you'll have to have something like a shouting board right where 
individuals ideas right uh, are heard i think one of the best thing or one of the best uh, tools we have is listening and one of the tools that we really feel as humans is again listening because active listening is something we, we seldom engage in uh, even if you are listening to something it's not because we want to gain something out of it uh, you know we are always framing okay fine if this is what i'm hearing this is going to be my answer this is going to be my question so uh, you know we don't really uh, hear somebody to learn to to expand our horizons uh, many a times we just hearing something uh, because we it should help us to put our point of view forward right so organizations also are vulnerable to those elements and it happens anything that settles down right uh, we always see a child when it's born it's a purest form and many of us today we do keep saying to ourselves our kids that when we were kids uh, we were the best versions of ourselves why because we didn't have inhibitions uh, we didn't have those uh, constraints we learned a lot right when we were born we didn't know how to talk we didn't know how to see properly we didn't have any skills of communication but think about it uh, from a time you're born to let's say you become a 4 year old how much have we evolved when we essentially didn't know anything about the world right so if you really say as we grow older somehow we lose uh, or we forget that uh, we are gifted right uh, when you're born you could not communicate till you were learning uh, you know you could hardly understand you even you don't even know who's your mother and father right that relations we don't know if you understood at that time but still you know how to survive so if you really look at it from that perspective uh, something that's there inherent right and why do we stop why do we stop that quality as we grow old and older right uh, i think that's a question we will have to ask ourselves and organizations will have to ask or you know they, to, they will have to think about it right uh, it's not about uh, encouraging ideas not encouraging ideas it's not about defining boundaries to an idea it's more about having that mindset that let's be open to an idea let's have that discussion let's encourage people to think out of box uh have that culture where no question is a wrong uh, wrong question no question is a foolish question no question is something that you should laugh about it encourage because curiosity is often you know a uh, curiosity starts from questioning right uh, a culture where you know questions are not taken up as challenges questions are not being conceived as a uh, uh, challenge the status quo or challenging you know the the leaders out here are uh, taking questions as really questions and uh, you know just thinking over it because a lot of times uh, i have seen in my journey a lot of questions that were thrown to me um, made me ponder or made me realize yes we are on the wrong path and we need to have a course correction so i think those are the things you know we'll have to bear in mind i've listed many but uh, as i said uh, there is no one silver bullet and you know we'll have to look at all of it if we have to be successful but most important is as you grow you know you can't become rigid you have to have a culture where you have to think i think one key message is you have to think like a startup you know and as a startup you want to disrupt uh, you know the you know the market with innovative services so 
you have to have the startup mindset throughout. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. And uh, let's talk about the pace at which the life and business is moving and the fatigue it's causing. How can we keep that spark of curiosity alive among our employees? And what are the strategies that have worked? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So the question here is, you know, we are all fatigued by this increasingly crazy faster pace of life and business. And we also, at the same time, want to make sure that people are not burnt out. They have the spark of curiosity alive uh, and, and everything goes way as planned. Is that even possible? How big of a challenge is it? And if we have been able to crack this problem, then what strategies have worked? Okay, uh, great question. So, yes, uh, you know, uncertain times uh, will create larger challenges. But what also comes with that is, again, a need for innovation, right? Because you know that when times are uncertain, uh, there you have to really relook at a lot of your processes. So curiosity is not only about coming out with the next brilliant idea. Um, I'll give you a very simple, you know, my own experience. Uh, we were part of, uh, you know, again, uh, a kind of an innovation for, you know, we kind of got a patent, right? We were very happy that, you know, we got a patent. And uh, what was our next immediate goal? And we said that we got one patent, now we have to go for more patents, right? And we just thought that, and we, I think we made the mistake that uh, a curiosity or innovation is all about uh, creating more patents or creating new processes. Right. And uh, we tried harder, we tried harder, we tried harder. And we failed, we failed, we failed, we failed. At a certain time, you know, we had to go back to the basics. Like, uh, was something really wrong with us? If something was really so wrong with us, we wouldn't have been successful creating uh, something great or no. We would haven't been able to create the first of its kind um, a product in its first place. So we knew we cannot be all wrong. But then we realized that did we mess our path or did we lose our track right after that? And when we started looking at that or when I started looking at that, I did realize that uh, a pursuit of, uh, you know, 
you know, basically I cannot have an agenda that I am going to create an idea. It has to come naturally, right? I cannot have, you know, basically, you know, a thought which says, uh, come what may happen, I'm, I'm going to have the next brilliant idea. That's not how it would ever work, right? You have to be relevant to a situation. And hence, when organizations are going through a train, when organizations are facing challenges in terms of the markets, again, innovations or you know, ideas are going to come to the rescue. Uh, it's not that uh, because there is a, a stress, uh, innovations are going to stop. If you really look at it, it's during times of distress, right? Uh, that even there, you know, when there are more innovations, there are more ideas, and we found out newer ways on how you know we could really change the world, right? So there is no perfect recipe which ever says that you would only come out uh, on you know curiosity can only be achieved or the outcomes of curiosity can only be achieved when you know you are in the most amiable conditions. Uh, it is void of the conditions, right? A mind that's curious will always look for solutions, will lo always look for answers. So anything that's troubling them, anything that they see is something that they don't have an answer for. And during bad times, uh, there are so many questions that don't have answers, right? And you will see that people will keep up, you know, working on that. And you will see different kinds of innovations, right? You would see then a ray of, a ray of hope when somebody is able to crack it, right? Somebody is able to find that, hey, guys, uh, you know, we're facing this, uh, but this is a way forward, you know, for everybody going forward. And I do believe every organization uh, will have to invest in that. And Sanjeev, today we are in a world where... Uh, you every organization is digital right uh, if you don't do it there is somebody else who's going to work on an innovation and they will displace you so i think to think that because times are bad and we can afford not to innovate we can afford not to encourage ideas i think that would be a death nail right? and that will really kill organizations uh, it's like good times uh, you should uh, you know, you should still focus on R&D. You should focus on encouraging people. You should focus on people to work on your ideas. Bad times. You still have to encourage people to find solutions to your problems, right? And find ways of optimizing your resource utilization, uh, improve efficiencies, right? Uh, and see how you could bring in automation so that uh, we get you know, more from less. So there will be opportunities and there will always be areas where you have to find newer ideas, uh, you know, regardless of the market or regardless of the situation we are in. So one is to get an individual curious and let them go about do the deep sea diving. But what about bringing a group together? Because frankly, when you are trying to do any of the innovation together or any of the fact finding or digging, usually making the whole group to work together, you know, making it one plus one equal to 11. Is that realistic to expect a group to become curious far more than them individually combined? Absolutely. I do believe, uh, you know, this would be a larger challenge for every leader, right? Uh, and I do believe we are in a world where we have great managers and very few leaders, right? Uh, when you talk about curiosity, 
right? When we are encouraging people, it would also, you know, everything as a pros and a con, right? Uh, when we talk about that, yes, uh, there will be a kind of competitive spirit, right? Uh, there will be a rush of uh, in terms of who comes out with the best idea. And I do believe that's where the leadership qualities get in. That's where, you know, you need to have a leader who's been looked upon, a leader who, you know, who can put uh, a diverse team together, uh, still encourages people to challenge each other, encourages people to innovate, and, you know, still has uh, a vision and is able to take the risk to put, uh, the, you know, his or her back on what they perceive. This would be an idea that's going to change the future and pursue that, right? So, and I think that's how every innovations are going to work, right? Innovation is not something where, you know, you can only have a XYZ person nominated and say that the, all innovations in your organizations are going to come from them. And I do believe that's where, uh, that's why you need leaders in this world, right? A manager will follow what is documented. A manager will follow what has been taught. A manager will follow what is, uh, you know, known in terms of best practices, right? Uh, you always need a leader when you have to pursue a uncharted territory, right? Uh, you'd need a leader who is willing to take that risk. Uh, and you need a leader, right, who commits themselves, uh, you know, for ensuring that uh, everybody puts, a, you know, a goal of a group ahead of their individual goals. That's right? somebody whom uh, everybody looks up to. And I do believe uh, that uh, every organization will have to have one such inspirational leader where everybody looks up to them, right? And that leader uh, who himself uh, is a visionary, right? And you'll see that when you have this, organizations will continue to grow. And Sanjog, I know it's better said than been done because uh, we we talk about every organization also has a lifespan and you know organizations come they grow and they disappear right but organizations that are able to survive or organizations you know you see uh continue to you know be the top leaders uh you would see that they have they have come out with innovations they have completely revisited you know they have completely changed what they started with and what they may be to do a classic example would be Tata Group, right? They started with a, a steel manufacturing company in India, right? And uh, today, it is a conglomerate of industries with diverse, uh, you know, interests. Uh, and you talk of the industry and you'll see the presence. So what was driving them, right? Uh, why did they not think that steel is the only business we'll earn our money from? What made them, you know, venture into newer businesses? Yes, uh, there was somebody who was encouraging uh, the ideas. There was somebody who believed that they could do even things beyond speed. Uh, there were people, right, who were encouraging people to think out of the box. Now, be that, uh, you know, starting an airline or be that, you know, the fact that, you know, they own, uh, either they own, they own a, a good amount of tech for three airlines in India to do, right? It was a vision that, you know, uh, GRD Tata had to have an airline. Uh, he didn't. He was not successful at that time. But that idea was nurtured for decades. And today, uh, when you talk about Tata, when you talk about GRD Tata, right? His his passion for flying, his passion. He wanted Air India, right? Uh, and you see, it took time. 
it's a seed you know a mango tree takes a lot of time to bear the fruits and uh, it's not uh, instant noodles you have to nurture organizations will have to invest and you know have to committed on the cost right so they had it at the back of their minds that's a that's an idea that's a vision they were curious about it and when the opportunities came not one three airlines where they have a, a stake i think most of them are majority stakes so i think that's how you should look at it so we spoke about culture building a culture of curiosity multiple times but is there a playbook you recommend i would believe uh, the moment we put a playbook right uh, somewhere we're limiting ourselves you know to a knowledge of uh, a certain individuals right and when we talk about curiosity it's more about uh, having a boundaryless uh, kind of uh, you know a mind right which is able to pursue uh, whatever is going to benefit uh, i think we may only have certain rules right and those rules would be to help uh, you know our i would say help everyone in the organization to come out right it's more about uh, giving them a perspective of what are we working on it's more of awareness i do believe uh, you know when we talk about the awareness when we set the context right uh, we have to leave it to every individual then to decipher that in their own ways because every individual is unique in their own ways and i think the quest is to see right how do we tap that uniqueness right and convert that thing into you know basically an organization asset right so from that perspective sanjoka we can create a playbook but i just feel that will be a limiting factor because somewhere uh, you know when you create a playbook you are going to be bounded by a lot of unconscious bias of the person who's developing that playbook right and that will again limit the innovations um, give you example of uh, mobile and keypad so if uh, let's say if i had to make a playbook i would always make make a playbook uh, you know with my limitations and you know understanding the fact that there are things uh, where i see are good and things that i see bad they are not necessarily bad but that's the way i see and you know we don't want that to happen when you're talking about innovations when you're talking about curiosity at a workplace or you're talking about curiosity at a scale right uh, it is about uh, making sure you giving the freedom uh, it's method to madness right uh, it's uh, there will be chaos but there is again uh, you know there is a kind of a pattern to chaos right and uh, we'll have to figure out ways and means to do that one final question because you know of course uh, while we get people to look at themselves look within try to transform themselves give them a culture but it all starts perhaps or or there's a lot depending on the kind of leadership mindset and the leadership style and the leadership ways of working which would make or break the potential of an organization become curious at scale so what changes or what prerequisites if if you will you recommend for leaders to embrace so that they can make this dream a reality i do believe you know uh, albert einstein i had you know had mentioned and he said i have no special talent uh, it's just that you know uh, i have a highly curious mind right uh, i think that kind of sums up right uh, you know the entire topic of curiosity Albert Einstein you know has been credited for a lot of innovations 
and he attributed all of that to a curious mindset right or a curious mind right so as leaders i think uh, you know we have to understand that every individual you know has a potential of uh, coming out with an idea uh, that's going to change the world right uh, it's uh, how much are we going to encourage you know it's how much about uh, we giving them the right culture as leaders uh, it's more about uh, active listening right uh, as i said uh, leaders have to listen right uh, you know and great leaders successful people have this trait right uh, where they listen to people they listen to the markets you know they are constantly trying to grab you know they're trying to learn right they're trying to see what is it you uh, know that's going to take us to the next uh, level or you know what is it that's going to give them you know a next breakout right so leaders will have to continue investing in terms of that thought process encourage a culture where questions are you know are welcome you know i know we uh, we typically in corporates we get into meetings and moment we have a question we come out saying let's take it offline right uh, and we all understand what does that mean offline means uh, we don't encourage questions uh, yes maybe a paucity of time but we'll have to find out ways where we don't have to take things offline uh, i think every individual has a role uh, you know no question is a bad question but in encouraging people it needs to change even at uh, you know at a school level or at a university level right asking questions is not bad right maybe uh, we have a fear of not knowing an answer so two ways asking question is not bad not knowing an answer is equally not bad right so i think we need to change we need to change that yardstick that uh, if a question is asked uh, do i always have to have an answer and uh, it's humanly impossible so we have to accept that uh, there will be a lot of times i may not have an answer right and it's absolutely fine nobody judges anybody on that right uh, and same way you know when you're asking there is no bad question right every question is a question and if you start thinking why that person is saying what it is saying and you start realizing that you know there is a pattern and you'll understand i think the beauty of that would be uh, you know we are all limited or we are all conditioned the way you know we have been brought up or the way we have been thinking in a certain manner but when when we open our minds or when we start putting things or look at things from others perspective you will be amazed you know with the fact on how many more doors are we opening and you know how are we expanding our own horizons to achieve you know greater heights so i think that would be my you know um, my suggestions you know i'm sure leaders have figured out their own ways and means but yes i always believe uh, leadership is all about uh, taking chances taking the risk uh, it's all about the uncharted right so encourage teams to try right uh, and i can tell you with all my experience um, and i always maintain that uh, you try and you fail is 100 times better than not trying and not failing at all because if somebody says i have never failed my largest concern or my largest worry would be have they even tried because if you have not tried you know there's a question of failing and every failure is you know is a greatest lesson right one can have in their lifetimes uh, i have failed a lot right uh, you know if you really ask me i had a very humble 
beginning in terms of my education right uh, i didn't have a, i didn't figure out a way of how i'm going to build my career right uh, but still you know there were challenges you know there were issues but i was confident or i had that fire in me that i'm fine going to find out a way i have to find a path forward and you keep on working hard on that so that's how it should be once again thank you so much kalpesh uh, for sharing your insights about this very interesting topic which is enabling curiosity at scale thank you so much thanks for having me here and uh, i look forward thanks so much and listeners please like us on social media subscribe to our podcast once again thank you for listening to ctn this is your host sanjog all till next week take care and god bless thank you for tuning in to ctn cio talk network with your host sanjog gall to learn more about our program or for show archives comments or questions please visit ciotalknetwork.com thank you again for listening